On Thursday, the Inspector General testified before the House Intelligence Committee stating that the acting director of national intelligence blocked him from disclosing the whistleblower complaint. This is a violation of law. We're supporting a country. We want to make sure that country is honest. It's very important to talk about corruption. Even though every uh, reputable publication has looked at the charge that has been uh, made against me, uh, and found them baseless and untrue and without merit, that's not about to stop him. Hello and welcome to Trumpcast. I'm Virginia Heffernan. Well, nothing happened today. Just another sleepy day waiting for Pelosi. Wait a second. That's right. She announced an impeachment inquiry to begin post haste. Very exciting. And I can't suppress my enthusiasm and also my, I don't know how quite to describe it. It was something, I found it very poignant also to see the Senate vote all together in one voice for a resolution to have this whistleblower information released. It may not mean anything, but it had some uh, symbolic power to it to see Republicans and Democrats voting for something sane at the same time. Very powerful. So to talk about this extraordinary breaking news, we have a great breaking guest, the founder of Trumpcast, Jacob Weisberg. I'm going to give Jacob a call. We're going to talk this out. We haven't talked about Trump in months. So this is a great time for us to come together and figure out where things stand. And Jacob's going to use his incredibly good strategic mind to figure out where things go from here. I'll be back with breaking news with Jacob in just a minute. But first... The breaking tweets. Pelosi, Nadler, Schiff, and of course, Maxine Waters. Can you believe this? Secretary Pompeo received permission from Ukraine government to release the transcript of the telephone call I had with their president. They don't know either what the big deal is. A total witch hunt scam by the Democrats. Such an important day at the U.N. So much work and so much success. And the Democrats purposely had to ruin and demean it with some breaking news, witch hunt garbage. So bad for our country. And the Democrats are so focused on hurting the Republican Party and the president that they are unable to get anything done because of it including legislation on gun safety, lowering prescription drug prices, infrastructure, etc. So bad for our country. I am currently at the United Nations representing our country, but have authorized the release tomorrow of the complete, fully declassified and unredacted transcript of my phone conversation with President Zelensky of Ukraine. You will see it was a very friendly and totally appropriate call. No pressure and, unlike Joe Biden and his son, no quid pro quo. This is nothing more than a continuation of the greatest and most destructive witch hunt of all time. Jacob, hey, welcome to Trumpcast. 
It's been a while, Virginia. I think Trumpcast started talking about impeachment in about March 2017. Back in the day, Virginia, we did a lot of shows on impeachment, remember, mm-hmm. and on the question of what the real grounds are. And um, it's interesting how quickly this Ukraine thing has turned into the leading case. I think it's partly because it's it's a neat little package. It's comprehensible. You know, it's sort of a, it looks like it might be an open and shut case. And it's also kind of a wonderful irony that the reality star president will be undone by his outrageous request to another reality star president of another country. (laughs) Yes, that's right. The ironies compound. It must be up to some kind of exponential level of irony that not even Jacques Derrida could have imagined. So go back to some of those early conversations and shows you did about impeachment in March of 2017 and thereafter. I remember that there was a discussion of what high crimes and misdemeanors really are. Remind me of what you concluded in those days. Yeah, well, I think high crimes and misdemeanors are not the same as simple criminal offenses in that there are criminal offenses that are not impeachable offenses. And there are presidential abuses that aren't crimes, but Mm -hmm. that are impeachable. And I think fundamentally what high crimes and misdemeanors means in the constitutional context is the abuse of official power. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if, you know, the president got drunk and punched somebody, it might be a crime of assault, but it likely wouldn't be an impeachable offense because it's not an it's not an abuse of his office, whereas taking advantage of his office to enrich himself might not be technically a crime of bribery or corruption, but would, I think, be an impeachable offense. And, you know, this I think this probably, well, based on what we know about it, this the, the newest incident um, fall clearly falls into the category of abuse of power. Mm-hmm. Whether it would be a separate criminal offense is a kind of different question, but isn't essential for it to be an impeachable offense. So it partly beca- he couldn't have made these calls and this deal with you purse and thus could deprive Ukraine of American support. And he, he had to be able to get the president on the phone, which comes with his office. So those are two ways that this was very much related to his office. Yeah, I mean, it seems to me that just asking for a criminal investigation of someone in the family of a political opponent, mm-hmm. regardless of whether he threatened or conditioned aid, I mean, if he did any of that, it takes it to just the next level of, of outrage. But, you know, we're so um, I mean, we're so inured with Trump to, Mm -hmm. you know, things that would be inconceivable when that with any other president. I mean, think if if Nixon, who we think Nixon would be capable of a lot. But even if you found out that Nixon had called another world leader and asked for the investigation of Ed Muskie or one of his probable opponents Mm -hmm. in 1972, forget any threats, forget any bribes, forget any inducements. Mm -hmm. Surely that would have been an article of impeachment and it would have been an article of impeachment on par with others about using the CIA and the FBI and the IRS and other organs of of government to harass and investigate his his political opponents. I mean, just that is so shocking. And, you know, it's amazing how quickly we think, you know, we're looking for a smoking gun that goes beyond that. I don't think we need a smoking gun that goes beyond that. I mean, I think that by itself is a extreme and also a cut and dried abuse of president's power. 
Yes, I I mean, absolutely. One of the things that comes up, though, when we think, well, what if Obama or what if Richard Nixon had done X, Y, Z? It makes us imagine that that this other hypothetical crime had happened sort of out of nowhere. But part of the reason that it's taken till now, I think, for an impeachment inquiry to formally uh, begin is that we've blown past so many other crimes. I mean, how far back was it that we've sort of hit the whitewater standard for corruption um, with this president? And as you say, that has endured us so much that something, and it wasn't the Mueller report, had to somehow cut through the noise and make us you know, all the metaphors are pile up, but make us cross the Rubicon or cross the red line or the other shoe to drop or whatever. And somehow it was this. So you say it's especially graphic for the public. And we know that Pelosi wanted a good story for the people so we could all understand what was happening. But I don't quite get the Mueller report had plenty of good stories for the people, but somehow that became too complex or too easily obscured by Barr. You and I haven't even talked since the Mueller report dropped, so I guess I'll make the question more specific. Why do you think the Mueller report didn't do it, and this did? Well, the strongest evidence in the Mueller report was about the obstruction of justice, but the evidence about the underlying crime was short of cut and dried. I mean, Mm -hmm. the the, Mm -hmm. um, president's people and his son took the meeting with the Russian agent, but it's, you know, there was no, it wasn't clear. I mean, there was not evidence, direct evidence that they conspired with Russia to intervene in the election. What the, what they did was acted like they were guilty and had something to cover up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think the sort of cover up around an ambiguous crime is always um, is always a little dubious. It's not clear that in the criminal analogy, the prosecutor does charge that person. So I don't know. It was complex. I mean, I'm not sure mm-hmm. that, that, that the Mueller report yielded clarity about uh, an impeach- impeachable offenses. I think there were other colorable impeachable offenses going back to earlier in the presidency. But uh, Speaker Pelosi has until now made the political judgment that it was not in the Democrats' interest to move ahead with impeachment of Trump. And maybe that's because Trump himself seems to think that impeachment is in his political interest. I mean, he was he was trying to court and provoke it for a while very actively. I mean, he really seemed, if you were you know following tweets a few months back, he was really daring the Democrats to impeach him seemingly because he believed it would help him, you know, and Pelosi sort of agreed. Right. And now it's yeah. not sure if Pelosi's changed her view on that or if she simply, you know, can't fight it anymore because because the, the evidence is too powerful. What she used to say is that he was self-impeaching. And to some extent, it seems like given his full-throated confession around this phone call um, following his what looks like obstruction of justice with the DNI and the whistleblower. Um, It looks like she may have been right in that reading that he was uh, he was somehow impeaching himself. Now, whether whether or not that Trump is doing that because it's shrewdly in his complex interest, as counterintuitive as it may seem, for him to come under impeachment and thus maybe motivate his base, I, I'm not sure. I think self-impeaching is probably closer to, you know, self-destruction. Self-deporting. That's right, self-deporting. Let me do you this favor. I'll help you out here. 
in any case, what do you think of these committees that are all going to be part of this? I mean, there's having the House seeming so divided for so long about impeachment and seeming to equivocate and temporize. Now she's got Pelosi has all the committees on board. She thanked everyone by name, the all-stars, Cummings and Schiff and so forth. What is this going to look like? Well, I think you consolidate an impeachment um, inquiry, at least based on, on previous precedents. So you'll have one committee that leads the inquiry. They have to draft articles of impeachment. And I think one question is, do you want a shorter bill of impeachment to try to move it through faster? Or does this now become a way to open up the question of the full range of Trump's potential impeachable offenses? You're not quite as like um, chops licking as I am. But what would you like to see? A a short and sweet and devastating uh, articles of impeachment? Or would you like to see every single thing in there, like some intern has every receipt? And, you know, there's not going to be a day that doesn't come under scrutiny. Do you want to see an omnibus or you want to see something that is guaranteed to get, you know, a quick vote and register with the people? I'm probably a little more on the omnibus side. I mean, in the, you know, the question of sort of impeachment as political act versus mm-hmm. impeachment as a civic responsibility by the Congress. I've always been on the responsibility side. I mean, I, I, I generally take the view that if the president has abused his power, Congress needs to impeach him, whether or not it serves the inter- political interests of the Democrats. I'm, I sort of think, think let the chips fall where they may. Now, that's partly because I don't buy into the, the Nancy Pelosi, the old conventional wisdom about the, the risk that impeachment will backfire. I mean, it mm-hmm. could backfire. It arguably backfired with Clinton. It arguably didn't backfire as much as some people think it did. But I think that's fighting the last war. We just don't know. I have to think that an impeachment inquiry that goes on into the election season I can't see how that helps Trump. It's the front, you know, it's the lead story every day is is the testimony, the state of the inquiry. Trump doesn't have a primary challenge. I mean, I think this is I don't think it helps Trump. We don't know exactly how it plays out, but I'd say we're doing it. Let's do it right. Let's really consider what impeachable offenses he's committed and have a full of articles of impeachment that include all of the convincing issues. I absolutely feel that way, too, because having smashed to smithereens so many of the precedents here, we need to reestablish those precedents around emoluments, around smaller kind of violations, around Hatch Act violations. I mean, just to just to have in the record that these things that are somewhere between ethical, professional and criminal violations at least have been noticed because, I don't know, the gaslighting of this presidency has partly been to just, as they say, trample on all the norms. And it would be nice to see that this thing formally reported. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's some ones that are a little more theoretical, too, but no no less important. I mean, the president swears an oath to the Constitution, which includes the First Amendment um, delineating the role of the, of the free press. Mm-hmm. I, I think, arguably, the president's attacks on the press constitute an abuse of his authority and a violation of his oath to the Constitution. Whether, you know, the legal scholars will fully support that, I'm not sure. But I mean, I think when you come back to the fundamental question that impeachment is meant to address, that is the constitutional responsibility of the chief executive 
and the abuse of that authority. There's a lot that you can get into that goes beyond petty corruption, that goes beyond harassment of political opponents, although those those are obviously central. You know, Senator Michael Bennett was saying this exact thing on TV today that, I mean, as a kind of sidebar to this, we just got the news, what, last night, that two reporters in Egypt, including your friend and mine, David Kirkpatrick, the U.S. government, Trump turned his back on them when they were in trouble for writing like bad things about the Egyptian government. Um, And ultimately, one of them had to be bailed out by his, uh, the Irish government. Um, And so, you know, the the abuses of the press and violations of the First Amendment um, that I know are really important to you are in increasingly graphic detail. I think that's on a lot of people's minds. And, you know, everyone has an issue here. There's the, obviously, you know, war crimes at the border, human rights violations. So as you say, I hope it makes it in, in there because it is our civic responsibility. And I agree, politics be damned. I mean, I almost wanted someone to say, like Justin Amash, I don't care if I get reelected. At this point, we need to just stop this president. And he will be very much slowed down with an impeachment inquiry. He'll have to respond to subpoenas. His board, There'll be much more pressure on him and his people to respond to subpoenas. It'll be, as you say, above the fold every day. And he will also not be getting on the phone with the head of Ukraine to dig dirt on Joe Biden anytime soon. Yeah, but it's, you know, but it's crucial, Virginia, that it be a legal process and not a political process. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of things you could that we're furious at Trump about that, you know, Democrats might be tempted to sort of throw in the mix, including mm-hmm. probably some of the stuff around the border. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you just have to focus very clearly on the question of what is an impeachable offense mm-hmm. and how an impeccable indictment of the president, impeccable in the sense that it will be shameful for Republicans not to vote for it, even though none of them will vote for it, because you don't want to give them the legitimate argument that it's a political indictment. I think it has to be a legal indictment. That seems right. And I'm glad one of us is capable of keeping our head clear on <laughs> and making that distinction. One last thing, the Senate unanimous vote on this resolution to have the DNI turn over this IG reports from the whistleblower that brought all this to our attention and then and then yielded all this reporting about the call to Ukraine. I found that incredibly moving today. I, I, I didn't think for a second that there would be Republican support, much less Republican support from McConnell's Senate for anything to do with this. I expected to see obstruction style moves again. You know, don't look too close at this. Let's move on. And then we had that vote today. I found that very moving. Did you? Yeah, I mean, but it's like the Congress having to pass a resolution to tell the president to give the State of the Union address or pass or submit a budget. Well, actually, that's not a, those aren't great examples because I'm not sure those are legal responsibilities in the same way of the president. But this is a, you know, this is the executive branch is legally obligated to do this. I think where Trump does risk losing some Republican support is where he so clearly defies the institutional prerogatives and authority of Congress, because the, the Republicans are are deferential to Trump and wimps about Trump, but they still, they don't want Congress to lose power uh, in relation to the presidency in general, because the next president could be a Democrat. Yeah, that's right. And also someone brought up that 
if indeed there was were negotiations or there's something hinky about Trump withholding aid from Ukraine around this, that even McConnell is not going to like money decisions being made by fiat by the president um, when, you know, the, this is a congressionally, the, the aid was voted on by the Congress. Um, and, and that, I think, is interesting, too, that if they see their power usurped too much, um, that might break the loyalty of some in the, in the Senate even. I still think it's symbolically really powerful to see both sides of the Senate vote in, in sync. I just, it, I, it's something we never, I don't know. There's something symbolically powerful about it. Yeah, I mean, the Nixon line was when the president does it, it's not a crime. Mm-hmm. You know, Trump goes even further than that and says essentially the president can do whatever he wants. Yes, and it's, it's self-exonerating. Jacob Weisberg is the CEO of Pushkin Industries with Malcolm Gladwell, and he is the founder of Trumpcast. Thank you so much for coming in for an emergency Trumpcast. Pretty good news that we haven't seen the scale of in a while, at least for some kind of congressional action. And I hope you'll come back for a full show. Well, of course, Regine. Thank you for uh, taking care of Trumpcast. I've been listening and it's been terrific. I've missed, uh, missed being on with you. So it's nice to come back. That's it for today's emergency show. What do you think? This is a day to get up and say something. Come find us on Twitter. I'm at page 88. The show is at Real Trumpcast. And hey, if you're still here, go to slate.com slash Trumpcast plus and be a Slate plus member if you're not today. It fuels and supports all our breaking news broadcasts and everything else we do at Trumpcast. There is no day like today. Our show was produced by Melissa Kaplan with special help, special engineering help from the great Richard Stanislaw. John D. Domenico is, as always, our voice of Donald Trump. I'm Virginia Heffernan. Thanks for listening to Trumpcast. Why in the world would they impeach me? I'm a tremendous president, the greatest president in the history of presidents. I have been very good. This is total bullshit. This phone call is how you do business with people. Okay, you hold things out, you sweeten the deal, you add things on, you take things away. Don't people know how I do business? Can you believe I'm getting impeached over a fucking phone call? I give a porn star $130,000. Nothing but a stupid fucking phone call. That's what trips me up. Jesus Christ on a cracker.